Good morning, New Hope. I am so excited to see everyone here, and I don't feel like I've been up here in a while, and I've missed y'all up here, seeing everybody's face. I get, I'm so blessed I get to see all the young people so often, but I miss seeing all of y'all. No, he said that. I didn't say old. So I just want to start us out in prayer, and then I have a few announcements. Holy Spirit, we invite you to dwell in this place, to meet us here, to prepare us for what you have in store for us. This holy Sabbath day that we, we set aside for you because of your example, because of your law, Lord, we, we give this to you with joy. We pray that our hearts are open and that we're humbled before you in repentance and in joy of all the blessings and wonders that you do for us and in our lives. We give you this time, Lord, and we pray that you lead us and that you nudge us and that you push us in your mighty path. We love you. Amen. A few announcements. Um, Friday, next Friday, February 4th, is Parents' Night Out or Grandparents' Night Out or whichever night out you'd like. If you have a young person in your life that's sixth grade and younger and you would like to drop them off with me at the gym, I would love that. We will provide supper um, and two hours of fun. So you will get them back very tired. I can promise that. So if you will sign up online through the um, website and click Families on the New Hope Earl website or just let me know, whichever is easier. Um, another thing, the youth is having a fundraiser. It's in the bulletin, but I want to emphasize it. The 13th of February, we're having the spaghetti lunch after the service. You can take it to go and sign up for that or you can eat there. Either way, we would love for you to come and tell your friends and family to come too. Um, and the last thing I'll mention is we are preparing for our Disciple Now weekend in March for the youth. And I need y'all to help me in that. I need three homes of members that can house different youth groups, different small groups. Um, it's not a lot to take on. It sounds like a lot, but it's not a lot. So if you feel like you would like to open your home up to a group of young people for the weekend, I would love that. Um, and also, I need, I need y'all, a specific group of y'all for my prayer team for that weekend where we can meet beforehand and um, pray over that before and during. So if you are interested in hosting or being a part of my prayer team for that event, please let me know. And I want to I say one scripture that God has impressed on my heart, and it's in 1 Peter chapter 2. It says, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So I pray that, that you are craving that spiritual milk this morning and that we all know that the Lord is good and worship him in that way.
What a glorious day it is. Amen. We are glad that you're here today. Glad that you've chosen to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, whether in person or online, we welcome you. And uh, glad that you're here. Glad that you've chosen today to take time to, to set aside this time of the day to worship Almighty God. To worship our risen Lord and Savior. We are... Uh, most of last year, we went through a series called Series 316, where we looked at uh, the chapter and verse, chapter 3, verse 16, or its surrounding uh, passage through a number of uh, books of the Bible. Um, we pretty much ended up uh, around Romans, I think. First Corinthians was our last uh, visit there at the, at the end of the year. And so we're going to pick that, pick that back up, and we're going to hit a few more books of the Bible and uh, continue on this series till we get on into Revelation and, and wrap it up then. So if you have your Bibles, turn in your Bibles this morning. Uh, I shouldn't say if you have your Bibles, turn in your Bibles, because I know everybody here has got your Bible with you uh, on device or in, in the pew in front of you uh, or yours from home. So turn your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to be there this morning talking about the veil that's been removed. But if I were to ask you today, what is the, the greatest need of the church? What would you say the greatest need of the church is? I know what some of you would say because you've shared it with me before, but if you look at some of the recent surveys, here are some of the answers that were provided. Better facilities, friendlier people, better preachers, for sure. Shorter sermons, get an amen there, can't we? More love and caring, better music, outreach programs, more emphasis on missions, trained lay workers, more involved people, more money, and loyalty. That was just a part of the list there. And granted, all of these are keys they're key ingredients to, uh, to making a church a whole and making a church what it should be or could be. But the greatest need of the church, and not just this church but every church, is that all of its members be filled with the Holy Spirit. That all of the members be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, when that happens, everything on that list comes about, doesn't it? Everything on that list is fulfilled when we're filled with the Holy Spirit as a body of believers. And Jesus said, if you will recall, without me you can do nothing. Without the Lord Jesus Christ, without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. And so if we're not completely filled with the Spirit, we can't do anything with Him. Jesus is in us and through us, and He works through us through the Holy Spirit. And so if we're not being led by the Spirit or under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we can't be productive in the kingdom of God. God can't use us the way He would like to if we're not open, receptive, and being motivated and led by the Holy Spirit. You see, we need the Holy Spirit to, to convict us of our sin. We need the Holy Spirit to, to convict us when we step out of line, when we do things that aren't pleasing to God when we go against His teachings. We need the Holy Spirit to understand spiritual things. We need the Holy Spirit to understand God's Word. We need the, the Holy Spirit to empower us 
when we share the gospel, when we go out and talk to someone about the good news of Jesus Christ. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in that. We need the Holy Spirit, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to guide us in our life's decisions, in making our decisions each and every day, that they're in accordance to God's will with what God would like to have happen in our life. And it's through Him that that transformation and and true life-changing transformation takes place. And so we're going to ask that question this morning. Are we filled with the Holy Spirit? Are we open to being filled with the Holy Spirit? Or are we okay with where we are in life? Are we okay with our walk with Christ the way it is now? You see, as much as the the, the, as much as God wants us to accept Jesus, as much as God wants us to, to live with the Holy Spirit, Satan wants us to live without the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so he will put all kinds of distractions around us to keep us from listening to and hearing the Holy Spirit. Satan's going to try all that he can and do all that he can to keep us from receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Again, he's going to put roadblocks up. He's going to make it difficult. He's going to try to draw our attention away. And if we do or when we do accept Jesus Christ, He doesn't want us to understand the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you see, if we don't know, if we don't understand what great power we have in the Holy Spirit, then it's wasted power, isn't it? We can't use it. We don't use it. And so if, the whole, if Satan can, can, can defer or deflect our attention from the power of the Holy Spirit, he has succeeded. Because you see, the, the Holy Spirit is the agent of change in a Christian's life. It is he who transforms us into the likeness of Christ when we're being led by the Holy Spirit. It's through him that our, that our minds are renewed. And so if we lack the power of the Holy Spirit, we can't accomplish the Lord's mission in our life. We can't accomplish the purpose that we were created for. We can't accomplish what God wants to do in and through us if we're not under the control of the Holy Spirit. We see in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through, through 18, it's where we're going to be this morning. And it's Paul writing to the Corinthian church. And he says in verse 12, Therefore, since we have such hope, well, what hope is that? That hope is the eternal life in Christ Jesus. And so since we have that hope, it says we are very bold. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you consider yourself very bold in Christ. Therefore, since we've had since we have such hope, we are very bold. <clears throat> We're not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away, but their minds were made dull. For to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ 
is it taken away? Even to this day, when Moses is read, the, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Amen. Praise God this morning. That as a believer, that veil has been removed, that we can, we can reflect the glory of God to the world. Praise God. Now again, in verse 12, it says, Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Again, I ask you, how, how do we feel emboldened in our faith? Or do we feel a boldness in the way we live our life for Christ? You see, one of the markers of a transformed life is the boldness that we have, that we express. You, know, you think about it, the church has tiptoed around political correctness long enough. The, the Christians have been quiet too long for sure. And if it's God's word, it needs to be proclaimed. We shouldn't sit back. We shouldn't kowtow. We need to be bold in who we follow. That being the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Folks, if we can't be encouraged, if we can't be emboldened in Him, if we can't speak out and proclaim His name, then what can we? We need to stop being bashful about our faith and be bold in our faith. We need to be proclaiming the truth of the gospel to this dark, dying world because they need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every person outside these doors, and I dare say people inside these doors, need the love of Jesus Christ in their life. In verse 13 through 17, we see that that, that Paul reflects back on the Mosaic Law. And he's recalling a time when, when, when Moses meets with God on, on Mount Sinai and receives the Ten Commandments. We see that story, we see that, that episode uh, played out from Exodus 24 to Exodus 34. And so I want to cherry pick some of those, some of those verses, put them together to kind of give you a summary of that story. In Exodus chapter 24, verse 12, it says, the, the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and stay here, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and commandments I have written for their instruction. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. And for six days the cloud covered the mountain, and the seventh day the Lord called Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. And then Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. And when the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the covenant law, the tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. And then Moses said, Now show me your glory. 
show me your glory. Have we prayed for that? God, show us your glory. Let us reflect your glory to the world. Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back. But my face must not be seen. When Moses came down from the Mount of Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. He had been in the presence of the Lord and the Lord, he was reflecting the glory of God was surrounding him. And so as he went down the mountain, the people saw the glory of the Lord radiating from him. It says, when Moses came down from the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant of the law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. And when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was, or, or when, Aaron, when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and so Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him and spoke to him. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him, and he gave them all commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out, he told the Israelites what he had been commanded. And they saw his face was radiant. And then Moses would put a veil back over his face until he went to speak to the Lord again. You see, Moses put a veil over his face so the people wouldn't see the Lord's glory fading from him. See, when he was in the presence of God, he would take that veil back and just absorb it in. He, he would take it in and, and he would reflect the glory of the Lord. And that's the same way it is with us. When we spend time in the presence of a holy God, when we spend time in the presence of God, we can reflect the glory of God back out to the world. Are we doing that? Do the people of this world see the glory of the Lord in our life, on our face, in our actions? Going back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14 through 16. He says in verse 14, But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains with the old when the old covenant is read. So the, talking about the veil of Moses, that same hindering, that same blindness, that same veil covers the face today. He continues in verse 14. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. 
Only when we accept Christ into our, Lord, into our heart, when He becomes our Lord and Savior, is that veil removed. And then we can reflect the glory of God. We can see it and absorb it and reflect it. It says in verse 15, Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their heart. But, but, verse 16 it says, But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. You see, it's only when we turn from the world and, and our own ways and accept Christ Jesus, that's when it's possible to receive and to reflect the glory of God in our lives. Only then can we reflect the image of God in our lives. And Paul continues in verse 17, he says, Now the Spirit of the Lord, now the Spirit, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. When we think about freedom, we think about something that, that people have, have achieved on their own, through their own power, their own actions, their own luck, whatever it might be. But here when Paul is talking about the term being freed in Christ, he's considering it as a gift that frees us to do what we were made to do in Christ Jesus. It frees us to be who God wants us to be. It frees us to be the people God created us to be. You see, we should be transforming and renewing our mind to be more like Christ every day. It says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Where there's the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. When we're in the presence of God, we reflect His glory. When we receive the Holy Spirit, there's freedom to be what Christ wants us to be. Let's ask ourselves in our heart this morning, where are we in our transformation? Where are we in our transformation process? Where are we as far as letting God have His way in our life? Are we being transformed more and more every day into His likeness? We come to church, we watch it online, we, we, we come to Sunday school, we sit in worship, we sing songs, we listen to the sermon, we, we, we listen to the prayers, but does it change our life? Do the things we hear, do the things that we, the, the teachings that we sit under, when we read God's Word, does it change our life? Are we allowing it to change our life? Or is it an exercise that we do? It's good reading, it's good teaching, but how often are we putting it into practice into our life? Of course, I like to stand at the back on Sunday morning and y'all come out and say, that's a good sermon, preacher, that's good. Uh, that was a great sermon today, pastor. Thank, thank you, thank you. I, I like to hear that. But you know what? The most meaningful word that I can hear from you is that your message made me think, Pastor. Your message is leading me to change my life. Pastor, you made me think about something that I need to change today. 
James 1.22 says, don't just listen to the Word of God. Just don't listen, just don't read God's Word, just don't listen to God's Word, but do, and don't deceive yourself, it says, do what it says. Do what it says. You see, Satan is glad for us to come to church. He doesn't mind it at all. He doesn't care one bit if we come to church, we sit here and we sing, we listen, we go out. But what he doesn't like is for us to take his, this message that we're hearing outside these walls. He doesn't like, he doesn't mind when we hear it all, but when we put it into practice, that's when Satan is troubled and that's when he gets in trouble. When we take it outside and begin applying it to our lives and affecting other people, that's what he doesn't like. That's when he says it's got to stop. That's when he starts ramping it up a little bit in your life, trying to distract you more and more. Let me ask you this morning, what is, what, what is God doing in your life? How is God changing your life? How is God in the process of transforming your life? Or maybe we've gotten complacent and, and, and maybe our transformation process has stalled. Maybe we've plateaued in our walk with Christ. You see, that transformation is a, it's an ongoing process. Folks, God doesn't dwell within us for us just to play church. He dwells within us to train, for us to transform, to transform us into His glory. He doesn't want to make us different or or make us better, or, 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 or improve us. He wants to completely transform our lives into His likeness. Verse 18, he says, And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Folks, no one will ever be perfect in this life. We try. We're never going to get there. Paul never can, a greater person, a greater Christian and, and author and believer and follower of Christ as he was, he never claimed himself, he never considered himself to be perfect. He understood that there was a struggle every day with sin in his life just like the rest of us. And we're all going to struggle with, with sin and weakness and failure in our life. But the moment we accept Christ, that veil is removed and the transformation begins. And that transformation in Christ is a, is a process. Let me ask you this morning, has, has your transformation even started? If not, this morning... Christ wants to remove that veil and let that transformation begin. Or maybe this morning you feel like your transformation has stalled or maybe even stopped. Maybe you're at a dead end in your, in your Christian walk. Maybe you're not moving, moving forward anymore. Is that you today? You see, one day that transformation will be completed in Christ 
Christ is going to return, and, and when he does, those who know him will be changed, will be changed into his likeness, and will be with him forever. But it's a continual process. Paul says, be faithful to the end. Continue learning, continue growing until the end. You see, our life should be radically different and, and transforming into something completely new in Christ every day. Is that where we are? If not, Christ wants you to come and, and just spend some moments with Him in, in prayer asking for help. Asking to get back on the right step, on the right path, doing the right things. Living the life that He wants you to live. Being surrendered the way He wants you to, to be surrendered. To giving your life over to Him the way He wants you to. Because indeed it is an ongoing process. Is your life completely different today than it was when you first received Christ? Think about that. Is your life radically different than when it was the day you accepted Jesus? Are you growing in that process? Are you moving forward in Christ's likeness? That's what Christ wants us to do. This morning, our hymn of invitation has have thine own way. And so I pray that, that as we sing that, that will indeed be your prayer that you would just pray that, God, that you will. I'm surrendering my, my life, my will, everything to you. Lord, just fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lead, God, and direct me, Lord, in, into that transforming power so that I can be the person that you want me to be in Christ. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for, as a believer, removing the veil from our eyes so that we can indeed see Scripture and understand Scripture, so that we can be transformed by your grace. And Father, this morning, we're just asking God that you would, as we lay down our life, that you would pick us up you would speak your words into us, God, that, that we would surrender to you, allowing our hearts to be radically changed, transformed and new, and that continual process of being who you want us to be. And so, Father, we pray, we pray this morning that you would indeed have your way in our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
right, y'all have a seat just for a moment. Guys, come on over. Cameron has something he wants to tell you this morning. You want to tell him? He said, I'll come down as long as I don't have to say anything. He said, Bob said you were going to speak for me. <laughs> this morning, man, what an exciting day. What an exciting week. These two guys, Cameron and Eli, they came to me Wednesday night and, and uh, said, guess what? We accepted Jesus. Man, oh man, what a, that'll make anybody's day, right? That's a shouting moment, amen, and what a glorious day that is. And, and so they were at Good News Club this Tuesday, I think it was, and uh, accepted Jesus there. They wanted to come this morning and tell y'all that they are a believer in Christ Jesus, and uh, man, they're excited. And uh, we were talking this morning, and both of them we were talking about, you know, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we know, we know that we know that we're going to heaven. On both of their faces, we're sitting here, on both of their faces, the brightest smile came upon their heart and their face. To be reminded to know that, that when we die in this world, we will spend eternity with Christ. Amen? If we know the Lord Jesus Christ, these two guys made that decision to know for certain that they will spend forever and ever with Jesus, right? All right. We are glad. And so they want to come this morning and, and uh, accept membership into the church. We're going to baptize them in several weeks. Uh, they're going to go through a, like a new beginner's class and uh, get things worked out. And, and so we'll be... We'll be ready to baptize them real soon. So we're looking forward to that. And I'm going to ask if y'all would to, stint, to extend the hand of fellowship to them uh, on your way out this morning. So all in favor of receiving membership of these two guys, give me an amen. 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 A big amen at that. And so we're glad that you have allowed uh, God to work in your life, that you have chosen to follow his call. Thank you, parents, for uh, being the, the, the parents that God calls us to be to bringing them here to make sure they're under the teaching of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. 